All right. Welcome back to the Music City Podcast. That is the MCP. This is number 10. Yeah. Is that right? Damn, 10 episodes. Double digits. Double nice. digits. That's a milestone, I think. Here we go. It's big time. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, y'all, uh, if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bar button thing as well <laughs> so you can uh, see when our other episodes are coming out and uh, keep up to date with us. Uh, this episode t- is brought to you by our sponsor, Crosstown Brewing. It's the best beer in the land from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, our guest today is our friend Jason Bourne. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> Jason is a photographer and a videographer in the live music community. He's filmed a lot of bands, and you've probably seen some videos that he's worked on with a lot of popular bands from the jam band scene. Um, he's also He also has a company called Dapper Raps, which is a, a cold towel type thing. If you go to music festivals, you've seen these things around. Um, you get these things wet, and you can put them on your back, and they'll keep you cold. And, you know, when you're out, I guess maybe not in 2020, but in, <laughs> in all the years past, if you're out in the field and, and you need something to keep you cool, then a Dapper Wraps towel is going gonna, is gonna to be the thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Dude, yeah. th- thank you for being here, man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming up. We really appreciate that a lot. So. Yeah. Um, and so, as I said earlier, our, our sp- this video is brought to you by uh, Crosstown Brewing. Yeah. And uh, you guys, you can get Crosstown Brewery at a couple of different locations here in Nashville. We got one here in Bellevue. It's Reds. And then you got Corks and Dorks, which is in Midtown. And then what's that place? we have Sinkers that is in East Nashville, if you guys live over that way. So please go there. Get some Crosstown Brewery because it's pretty good. And uh, y'all think you guys will enjoy it. So Yeah, it's some really good stuff. Uh, what's the what's the beers that we got right now? Uh, can you hand me that, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. We got the Grisette Ale, and I love this uh, can. It's pretty cool. It's called Delta Cat. Very, so Very cool. Oh, knocked the microphone out of my hand. So check sure. it out. Right on. You want to? Yeah, I'm going to crack this guy. I kind of want one. Even though we spent all last night drinking. <laughs> yeah, we drank a little bit last night. I don't think I'm going to be able to look at it for a whole hour and not want to crack one. So, so we might as well just lean into it right now. Might as well scratch the itch while it's happening. Yeah, um, Sickard Hollow played a show last night, a little private party that was a lot of fun, and everyone had a had a merry little time, got in their element, and it was fun. I definitely got in the element. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Um, I guess... Well, cheers, gentlemen. Foam app. Absolutely. Let's see if I can... Oh, shoot. Cheers without spilling it on all the, the computer. Let it go on the lap. Yeah. Cheers, Bill. Absolutely. Cheers, man. I gotta let that guy foam down a little bit. Not bad, not bad. Mm. I tell you what, though, really I've, had to, I've had to, I've had to, because I usually just drink IPAs and sours, honestly. And with us getting these beers, I've had to expand my flavor palette on beer a lot, and I've really liked it, dude. So, yeah, man, this one is really good. I don't really know how to describe this kind of beer. I don't drink a lot of these kinds. Yeah, neither do I. But I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's so. a. You said it's a grisette ale. Yeah, I've never even heard of a grisette ale. So I haven't either. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, ask Dylan about that. Yeah. So again, Dylan, thanks for hooking this up for us. This yeah, thank you cool. very much, Dylan. I want to get up and show this cool can to the camera. Get a little uh, zoom action, Jason. When can, he, can we enhance? Yeah. When uh when he told me, because uh, I was like, uh, where are these guys' names? Like I'm gonna do a little like research on them and stuff. And uh, he told me your name was Jason Bourne. I was like, I thought he was fucking with me at first. I was like, really, man? <laughs> it's crazy because it's something that I wasn't. Uh, it's, I wasn't born with having the Jason Bourne name like attached to my name, mm-hmm. if you will. 
uh, because the movies came out after uh, I was born. Okay. <laughs> the okay. books were out before I was born, but I don't think that anyone really cared about the <laughs> books too much. Um, yeah. And so now it's just like a crazy thing. And it, it's it's really nice because I think it makes my name very memorable. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, it's kind of a burden because I feel like most people remember my name on the first time. And so I have to be really tentative about like learning people's names. Uh, because oh, everyone's man. like, oh, Jason Bourne, it's that guy. And you're like, oh, hey, bro, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, buddy, Will does not like the buddy. <laughs> Dude, that, that's, that's something I, I have to work on. I don't like being called buddy. I don't like hey, it. Hey, buddy, how's it Even going? if you're my best friend in the world, I don't like it. <laughs> Throw a little shade at you. I guess call me buddy. You should all call me buddy. Help me get over my, my problem. <laughs> Dude, so um, Jason, um, you, you, I know you through live music. That's how we got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and, and spill this story a little bit because I, I love telling it. And I want to hear your perspective of it too. But the way Jason and I met is we, we were uh, living in me and uh, my roommate Pete, who I think y'all had a y'all know him from mm-hmm. from before this time. Basically, they had a plan to go to Electric Forest, and I wasn't initially a part of this plan. And something happened that rendered me a chance to go for a very good price. And I had other plans to go and help my dad build a deck at home. And <laughs> I did just, not stop talking about the deck. You're like, dude, I got the deck. I'm like, no, <laughs> string cheese. Cheese, bro. And I'm like, I said I would build the deck. <laughs> and so, like, I'm, like, having this internal battle from, like, the mor- like Pete woke me up the morning, woke me up that morning and said, dudes are rolling up here. There's an extra ticket if you want it. Very good deal. If I were you, I would take it. And I'm like, I'm supposed to go build the deck. And so, before I even make a decision, it's like, what time do y'all think y'all got in town? It was dark. It was dark. It was probably like 8, 9, Yeah, if I had to guess, something like that. And and the plan was to leave like early in the morning. Oh, we left like immediately. Oh, shit, that's right. We drove through the We got in the car probably half an hour after. It was like door, from the time that we walked in the door to the time that we walked out. I'm guessing it was no more than 30 minutes. That's right. Y'all are making haste. Y'all are about it. <laughs> yeah, we were not wasting time, as uh, Will will tell you in just a second. Dude, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm probably in my very relaxed state in my living room watching TV, and I'm just like, there are these dudes, three of them I've never met before in my life, and they just bust up in the house like, Will, like, what up? They're like, get in the fucking car. We're going to Forest. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and so, like, that was my introduction to you guys. <laughs> and, like, y'all got me to go. And that was a fucking amazing trip. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. I Before we walked in, like, we all had talked about it because we, we knew that you were a little bit hesitant about going. Yeah. And so we just knew the game plan from the get-go <laughs> was just go in there and just, like, attack him. And we'll worry <laughs> about him thinking that we're nice people later. <laughs> but right now we have one goal, and it's to get him in the car. And it does not matter what it takes. And so we st- I think we started off, like, kind of nice. Like, it was kind of like a good cop, bad cop, but, like, yeah. way more bad than good cop. And so we, we walked in, and we're like, hey, like, what's up, man? You want to go to force? And you're like, I got to build this deck with my dad. <laughs> and we, at that point, it was just like, okay, fine, let's go. And so we just started yelling at you, and it was really aggressive. And the whole ride up, we were laughing. We we're like, dude, he probably thinks we are the biggest ass to ever exist. Dude. But, I mean, I, I think we uh, I think we were able to change your mind when we got out there. Because there's a couple times where you're like, man, yeah, this is, this is a good choice. But you guys really came in aggressive and, you know. Dude, and like, but. But it worked. It worked. And, like, that was one of those trips where, like, I've I've only done like festivals with people I don't know like a few times, but like like you said earlier when we were talking like if you go into a festival 
somehow with a bunch of people you don't know and you all can come out the other side still like together you got you got some lifelong friends (laughs) it's just it's the most fun you can have it's just the most like vulnerable sort of like not uh you know you're dirty yeah you're you're camping together there's really not a whole lot of time that you spend apart from each other and so if you can make it through that with people then you have more in common with that person than probably most people that you've met in the first like however many years of your life facts but that was a great trip and you know I'd say it worked out. I'd say it worked out. I th- how, say, how's that deck? Did it ever get built? Deck got built, dude. The deck looks better than ever, man. It was some shit before that before it got rebuilt, but the deck is built, and the forest memories were made, and winning. All <laughs> <well>. <laughs> winning. To- <laughs> that was good. We lived to tell the tale. Um, man, but that dude, that was a really good time. Um, but so since then, I, like we obviously bond like bonded over live music at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, you me. Sebastian, Will, and Pete, and um, there's John, John Kalk. Mm-hmm. There's a good squad. But um, so, were you doing the uh, were you doing videography and photography at that time? So I've been doing photo and video work since like I probably got my first DSLR around like 2012. Cool. I'd want to say uh, somewhere in that range, and I've been kind of doing it like you know not necessarily professionally the whole time. I really started to take the the photo and video work professionally, um, I'd say probably about three years ago. Cool. Uh, especially when I started working for, I worked for a newspaper for uh, like two and a half years or something like that. And so I'd get on a lot of shoots like that. And that's how I made a lot of my connections that kind of pushed me further into the music industry. Right uh, the way that I started working for the newspaper was I was talking with my friend uh, and she was telling me about all these concerts that she was going to this week. And I was just wondering how are you possibly affording all of these? Like you just, you just go to like four concerts every week. Like that's just who you are. And she's like, Oh no, I'm, I write for, uh, for, write for the newspaper. And I'm like, haha, do you guys need a photographer? And she said, yeah, sure. This is the person that you'd email. And then, so I went in there and like, I told them, I was like, I want to shoot concerts. Like, I, I just want to do it. Like, I think that would be so cool to, and I remember back then, like, I remember the first concert I shot was, japan droids at the 40 watt and i i remember that's going sick, in. that's a sick venue yeah yeah it's uh got a lot of history to it you can see like the kurt cobain signature in the back oh holy that's cool. cow um that's really cool kurt right there kurt, kurt. yeah <laughs> oh boy uh and so where's 40 watt at i'm sorry it's in downtown athens okay, okay yeah yeah it's a cool. lot of history in that venue but i remember going in and you know getting my press pass for the first time being like oh my god they let me in with the camera and then now it's like all right you know like I'm going to leave my camera gear here. I'm going to go get a coffee, come back, and then I'll start setting up the angles and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's funny. And then so through shooting concerts and stuff like that, then that's how I started to get plugged in to um, more people that film concerts and things of that nature. And so I've been doing that professionally for at least a few years now. Now, um, so when you film a concert, what's, uh, what's kind of your methodology? Do you, I'm guessing that you don't, you don't just walk around with a camera and, upload that to whatever platform you're uploading it to. I, Absolutely. Yeah. You probably, you think about lights, you think about pre-production and you, I'm assuming you do a lot of post as well. Yeah. So the, the main thing that you have to do when you film a concert is, well, first and foremost, you need to make sure that audio is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not want to botch the audio. That's a, it's a, it's half the production. Same for know. podcasts. Yeah. So I definitely like having like a dedicated audio person to be able to handle that. Right on. So then I can just focus on, 
you know, making it look pretty. Absolutely. That's a, that's a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like an optimal shoot. But so you don't take, you, but you're not taking just straight up soundboard, plugging that to video. Like we do that too. Right. You on. know, uh, hopefully get multi-track or something yeah. like Hell that. Yeah. Just plug like a, you know, zoom H4 for anyone that knows what that is. Absolutely. Like pull that in the audio board. This is a zoom L8 that we're working on right I now. I love zoom. They make great mm. stuff. Great shit. Yeah, absolutely. Love great. it. So stuff got to make sure you get the audio taken care of and then i try and set up at least three camera angles uh and then i think the most camera angles we've done on a shoot is probably like up to like upwards of like 10 but at least three so you can have like you know so it's not just back and forth with one angle right on. that's the goal and then uh the way that i picture it is i try and pretend that i'm like the if you've been to like a large music festival and they have the big screens up there and they're yeah. like doing the zoom ins and outs and like the like you know pan and like They'll do like a pan with like a zoom and I, I try and pull off like things like that. And then just kind of, you can like pass it around. So like, let's say like I'm filming the drummer mm-hmm. and then like I'm, then I switch to the camera that I'm, you know, hand holding and moving and then I'll do like a zoom out and then like maybe I'll end up on like a keyboard player or something like that, that I can cut to the keyboard players angle. So you're kind of like guiding like the, the way that people are watching the concert. Yeah. And so I don't mean to, I mean, it's, not a whole lot of storytelling you can do with, uh, you know, just recording a concert because it's like it's it's a concert, it's, right. it's music, you know. But try and do something like that so there's a little bit of motion to it, and then just make it look as cool and make the band look as badass as possible, and like that's really the name of the game. So when you're when you're in the crowd and you said you you have a free camera mm-hmm. too when you're doing this, so when you're doing that free camera work, are you kind of like when you're looking at the band, are you thinking of the post? production as you're like all right cool so i'm panning across my camera right now this would be a sick shot to pan to this player right now they're they're killing on on the guitar or whatever instrument yeah yeah uh something like that i would like if it's a especially if it's like a studio shoot and i have like headphones on and i can listen to exactly what's going on then i'll try and do my best to think like okay i i know like i've heard this song before i know that the the guitar player is about to throw down Mm -hmm. And so I'll like think about like, okay, if I'm going to, I should start out wide right here and then zoom into the guitar player. Cause I know he's about to, you know, like do a solo or something like that. Right. And so I try and anticipate things like that, but honestly, it's just a matter of like, you know, doing your best to make sure everything's steady and in frame and all that. And then the best part is once you can get home and you can start playing with the colors and stuff like that. And then once you get that first, once you've initially synced the audio to the video, mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, let's see, like, you know, let's <laughs> off to the races. Yeah, we're at least like 80% there at that point. Then mm-hmm. that's that's probably like the one of the most satisfying mm-hmm. feelings is being like, you know what, I didn't screw it up because there's so much that can go wrong. Yes, there's so much that can go wrong, and you know, luckily we're we've uh, it's something that we've controlled for, you know, over time. But right. that's the best feeling. It's just when you know everything works out. It's just like you know, uh, playing a show. Anything could go wrong. Like you know anyone could be messing up their part or like, you know, technical difficulties, right. Anything like that. So when, um, you, you, so you're filming videos now and I, you, do you work for a company? Is there a, somebody you work with? I know you mentioned to me that you filmed Twiddle. Yeah. Which I'd say is a pretty big name band to have worked with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, uh, so I work with this group of guys in Atlanta, uh, that kind of operate under their own companies. But, um, the main, the company that I started working with initially, was Guilty Peach Productions with like Shane and uh, Blake and um, and Andrew Riley and Brandon Taylor. Right on. Uh, and so I, well, the way that I initially like, kind of got plugged in with these people was I I shot Sign July, which is a music festival in Athens and yeah. Athens, Georgia. And if you've uh, if you're 
ever in like the Georgia area in July when they're throwing it, you have to go. It's one of the coolest small festivals. It's thrown by Universal Side. Universal Side, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was I shot that music festival. I shot pictures for it uh, while I was working with the newspaper. Um, and after, uh, after the festival, uh, Pace Maynard from Universal Size saw mm-hmm. those pictures and he was like, hey, these are really cool. Uh, do you mind if we use them? I was like, yeah, just like, you know, Venmo me this, mu- this much money and you're good to go. And he's like, sweet. And right so we were friends with on Facebook because of that. Mm-hmm. And then he posted that he was looking for a Papadocio ticket when Papadocio was playing in Atlanta. And I, uh, I had a friend that was um, selling an extra Papadocio ticket for that one night because I had a two-night ticket or something like that. And so I put him in contact with that person, even though he didn't actually end up buying that ticket. Mm-hmm. He got a ticket from another avenue. <clears throat> and so I saw him in line for the show. And so like uh, we ended up chatting a little bit at the actual show and you know got to know each other. And then that Sunday night at 1.40 p- a.m., so, like, way too late. I probably shouldn't have been up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I had class in the morning. But uh, he just messaged me. He said, like, you, you do video work too, right? It's not just photo. Like, I, I think I've heard that you do video stuff. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to come film us open for Twiddle? And I'm like, oh, God, like, you know, like, this is like an actual band. This isn't like me hanging out in, you know, some warehouse when I'm 16 just, like, shooting because mm-hmm. that sounds uh-huh. like fun, you know. And so, like, I showed up and then – I met, that's when I met Shane What year was Brandon. this? Sorry to interrupt. 2018, maybe? Right on. Yeah, 2018, 2017. Mm-hmm. I want to say 18. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then so I showed up and I got plugged in with uh, Shane Nelson and Brandon Taylor. And it's a great group of guys. They do some great work. They're and, homies. Yeah, they're homies. They're homies. And uh, so we filmed Universal Psy and then Twiddle's like, oh, you guys have a video crew out here? Like, we'll pay you to film us too. And then we, it worked out. Word. Yeah, and then after that, then, like, you know, Twiddle's like, we want you to film us again. And, like, so I filmed Twiddle in Athens, Atlanta. And then we even, like, went out. We drove out to film them at St. Louis in Missouri. And I'm pretty sure all these sets are online. Mm-hmm. If you like where, Google. Where, where can you find them at? Uh, YouTube. Right yeah. on. What's yeah. the channel? If you search Twiddle St. Louis, Missouri, and I think that show was in, like, 2019. Uh-huh. We can link like a couple videos that I've done down in the description. Absolutely. Yeah, we can link the Twiddle video for sure because that was one that I think we're all super proud of. I mean, hopefully we do a good job. We we drove for, what, 20 hours just to film that. And so like when it was time for them to actually play, I think we're all ready, like fully on our A game. Like we're going to we're going to we're going to do this. But kill the shit. Yeah. And so once I started filming with them, then uh, Shane uh, knows so many bands. uh, And so he uh, was getting lots, lots of gigs. And then, you know, so I'd work with all those bands and then, you know, getting plugged in the Athens music scene, do a little bit of stuff on my own, um, especially like studio work. And yeah, that kind of that's where it all started. Dude, that is awesome, man. So just like, you know, meeting people, just one thing leads to another sort of thing. Mm. And then and that's such a skill that all bands like like that's no but no band doesn't need a, a pro shot video of them playing like that's such a necessity to try to push yourselves as a as a musical artist or honestly in the, in this age like anything it helps to have videos of yourself i uh yeah man i think that's such an awesome like thing to get into um we've uh, t- we've talked about doing some uh live videos for the podcast because you know we have a lot of uh um a lot of musicians and stuff yeah. on here i'm probably one of the first non-musician people <laughs> that you've had on the podcast um, you'd be surprised yeah yeah uh, to ju- all the episodes i listened to have all been musicians. musician yeah um but we we had sarah's musician too um delaney delaney but 
Delaney, I bet you can play guitar. <laughs> You're out there, Delaney. <laughs> I have, a, I have a question. So you were talking about uh, like multiple camera camera angles and stuff when you uh, go to video show. Yeah. Um, you said when the most you've ever done is ten. So what kind of situation would call for so that many camera angles, or is it? So, mm-hmm. when we have, I mean, it'd just be like a higher budget client. So, okay. like we we'll set up like a GoPro on the keyboard. You know, so then you can, they're playing the keyboard and you can see like the straight angle down there. That's badass. Yeah. yeah. Connect one like on the drums, like right up in like, you know, someone's face, mm. uh, you know, we'll headstock prob- on the guitar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm, is that not a good one? I don't know. I don't know if we've ever done that before. Headstock. Maybe we'll have to do that. We can do that for you. We can do the mandolin. Dude, you know? that, <laughs> I mean, that's like when I think of like old, like Eddie, I don't know how they got, they, they were able to do that in the eighties, but like there's camera shots of like Van Halen, eighties guitar players were like, it's like, like they're, they're tapping. It sounds like that. The tap thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I think of Van Halen is just, <laughs> but they have the I love camera, that song. the camera. It's a great song, dude. And they only wrote hits. <laughs> We're gonna get hit with a copyright strike if you, uh, <laughs> if you sing it any longer, man. Dude, you're right. Um, but yeah, set up cameras like that. Maybe one in the back of the room. Um, have like probably one person on stage left and stage right. Uh, like you know, up there filming. You know, front row basically. Uh, right hopefully, on. like there's like a security rail or something like that, so they can be right uh, in that little area. Uh, I tend to stick to be like the person that's like zooming in and out on the balcony up top. Right um, so y'all roll in as like a crew. Yeah. Well, for I I do stuff on my own, but then uh, when where the magic really happens is when we have a crew of like probably three to four people, you know, right and then that way you can have like all like the handheld angles and not just one that's like moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get some cameras on side stage, some up there, maybe like a reverse crowd shot, stuff like that, and then so it can start to add up, and it it becomes quite the pain when you're editing like you know a ton of different uh, channels all in Premiere. Or like whatever editing software you use, right? But you know it's all worth it in the end. What's your strategy for getting everything synced up? Audio, like all the video synced up and all the audio synced to the video. Yeah. Uh. So, oh, like waveforms. You know, like the little yeah. you know, sound. You're a musician, so you understand. But you know, for the the people listening at home, if you're not the heartbeat familiar with thing. That, yeah, the heartbeat <laughs> thing. Yeah, I just try and match up the patterns. I mean, if I'm like doing a studio shoot, then I'll do the the yeah. clap. I yeah, the, the clap, clap is great. I really need to get one of those. Uh, what do they call it? The choppy board. The. Uh, oh yeah, the. So unnecessary. So oh, unnecessary. I, like, like a director thing. Yeah, but yeah, I want those are one. sweet. But I want one. I'm sure they're cheap. I bet you could make one. It's just like wood. Just put like a little clacker in yeah. between. You know what I mean? Yeah, I probably I'll probably just buy one off of like Wish or something yeah. like that for like eight dollars or something like that. I want that. You know, I the feel like I've earned that. I think I've done enough projects that I deserve my own little thing. <laughs> and maybe and like a chair that's like really uncomfortable, director chair. Yes. Why do they even have that? Just don't make sense. Like, is it to seat them up above so they can kind of get like an, a bird's eye view I, almost type thing? I'm not sure. I think it might be because they're very like so director's chairs like the legs are like that, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can kind of fold them up really easy. So maybe yeah. it's because they have to be super mobile. I move it really fast. That yeah. would be my guess. And so they're they're like built like a cot. They don't look super comfortable. They don't look they super don't. comfortable. Yeah, but like I would probably rather have something like this if I was like, you know, some hot shot Hollywood director. Yeah, You're sitting there. Yeah. Dude, you could just wheel it, get in there, and wheel that shit down the road. Dude, or do you know who has sick chairs? Who? YouTubers that play games. Oh, gamer online. chairs are they're so sweet. expensive. They look, like, they look like race cars or race yeah. car seats. Uh, I bet they're crazy comfortable. Because if you're gonna be sitting too. on your ass for twelve hours a day, <laughs> then like, you better invest. You yeah, know? you better better take care of that ass. It's true. Dude, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, if you see this often in the photography scene and music or in any scene, you're talking about press passes. Like, 
I have I've definitely have known people that have just like finessed their way into festivals just by like dressing in all black, putting on a black hat and like having a camera and just looking like that you're supposed to be there. Confidence. Yeah, is walk right in. I'm not going to lie, there's been times where I was supposed to film the band. Uh, like the band knows that I'm supposed to be there, but like your name's not on the list or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you just like walk away and then you just walk up again with like, and just look like you. the trick is if you want to get in somewhere, uh, you like, let's say you have a camera, you're trying to get into a festival or something like that. You got to look the part. So yeah, we're all black, you know, yeah. but the secret is don't look happy. Mm. You want to look like you are upset to be there and people won't <laughs> right want to mess with you, you know? Yeah. It's like if someone, if you look like you're just so tired, like you just, you want to finish your shift. You want to finish taking these pictures so you can go home and see your wife and kids. And so you can like go to sleep and then wake up and then work your miserable job. Like if you put off that sort of energy, people are going to be like, yo, like, I'm sorry, man. You know, like it, yeah. it, people can pick up on that. But if you're like, Hey, like what's up? What's going on guys? Like, Hey, uh, I, uh, I'm here to shoot the pic. The, you know, they're going to call you out. Yeah. And so I think if you just look upset, then people will be a lot more likely to be willing to just be like, you know, fuck it, just going. That is so badass, dude. I I met a I, I knew a dude from high school and I won't say his name, but um, I he made a Snapchat story like years ago and I watched it and I thought it was so dope. He was like, I'm just gonna try to get into Bonnaroo, and it was like he said he he said he'd done it before in years past. He's like, I'm just gonna try, and so I the, I think he was driving from somewhere in Alabama, so it was like couple hour drive that's ballsy like you know if it's one thing if you live like 15 minutes away and you know you try it and right worst case scenario you just drive home but like that's that's gas money that's yeah. like packing the car that's totally serious your business. disappointment when you don't get it like, <laughs> oh man. all of it rolled in one i think he was pretty confident but he uh he just snapchats he's like all right and here, here i go and it's just him like it's it's him uh getting through some security gate him walking up to where the press passes are him with a picture of the wristband on and then it's him in the front row with like there's people all like what is it called when you're in the photographer lane and like photo pit he's just in there and there's people everywhere and they're going crazy to some electronic show and his snapchat story is like it's i think he came from huntsville so it's like not that far so in like the span of like two hours if it's a different state it's far let's in there it's (laughs) fucking crazy that's gnarly yeah like i definitely don't uh condone people sneaking into music <laughs> festivals because it's like there's so many ways you can get a free ticket yeah you know like support you can, the artist yeah Absolutely. and like yeah. i think people think that festivals are just raking in cash like that just left and right and they, they just don't even know what to do with all this money but like it's it's rough like you're seeing a lot of festivals go belly up right now because of covid yeah mm-hmm. but um i will say like you know if but if you bought a ticket fair and square and you want to sneak your camera in, then by all means yeah. get, get oh, all yeah. in there but you probably won't be able to get into the photo pit if just because you have a camera, you might be able to sneak in like one or two, mm. but that's impressive on on his behalf. Yeah, He's I mean, done shoot. a lot of legit shit too in his in his defense. <laughs> in his defense, yeah, dude. I, I went if he watches this and knows who and knows that I'm talking about him, I'll be I'll be very surprised by that. <laughs> um, I remember I went to summer camp one a couple years ago, and the people we did like you guys did a, uh, at Electric Forest, and we kind of left Tuscaloosa at night, like and drove through the night and got there, which it wasn't. It's not as far as uh, where is that Michigan? Where, yeah, it's yeah, Michigan. it's not as was far it as Grand there. Rapids, Ann Arbor. It was a thirteen-hour drive for us by Google, by way of Google Maps, but it actually took more like eighteen. Like, dude, it was fucking. That was that's hard hurt. drive. But yeah, summer camp's only like seven, eight hours away, I think, from Alabama. But where, anyways, where, where's the summer camp at? Uh, Illinois, Illinois. Chillicothe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chillicothe. Right. And um, anyways, so we leave T Town, and that's a there. None of them have tickets, and like, 
they're like, we're not even bringing like enough money to have like to buy a ticket. They're like, we don't have like three hundred bucks. I was like, uh, I brought it just in case. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why would you not do that? You if know, if you don't have three hundred dollars, I think you should probably you should be not like, be there. Yeah. You should I mean, be working no, on no, other things in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Because a festival exactly. like, <laughs> after the point. ticket, like I don't. And you're at a festival, man. You're gonna spend money. Oh, I yeah. don't care who you are. You can say that you brought peanut butter sandwiches all you want. You're gonna spend money. You're gonna spend yeah. money. But anyways, Absolutely. we get there. And they said that they like knew about a way that you could get in the back to summer camp. And I just, I felt, I didn't feel bad, but I was just like, damn, I'm about to ditch you guys. Like straight up. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to ditch y'all. And then straight up, I ditched them because they were trying to like finesse a way in there. And I was like, dude, I got the money. I'm just going to go buy the ticket and get in. Right like, on. I'm just going to do this easily. What year summer camp is this? This was 17 right or on. 16. Oh man. Yeah, I think it was 16. That's dope. But yeah, and you know what's funny? As I ended up seeing them the last day of the festival, and they looked hurt. They did not look like they were having a good time. I was having a it's great karma. time. Yeah, it was karma. They looked like they were having a bad time, and I talked to them for like 10 minutes, and I was like, ooh, see you guys later. Damn. You know I mean? But uh, yeah, it was karma, because I like that's kind of how I got to know Riffle really well. It's oh, because right. I didn't really know him. You know, you go to a festival, people you don't know, you get really close to them yeah. afterwards, and that's how that happened, you know. That's so. awesome. I met Riffle at a festival too, actually. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. I like that name, Riffle. Yeah. Sounds like a type of person you meet. He was at the there festival. last night. Nick Riffle, yeah. He was. Uh, he was. Oh, the, was the last name? Yeah. The uh, he played electric guitar. Last cool. Night at cool, the, cool. Cool. At the cool. Show. He was also the very first guest of the MCP. Shout out, Nick Riffle. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> very much. Um, but do you, do you still do? Uh, do you obviously not during COVID, but right before COVID, were y'all still doing a lot of stuff with the Guilty Peach? Yeah, I mean, we're still, like... Oh, yeah? Uh, well, actually, okay, Guilty Peach. Well, we just did a music video for the Orange Constant that we can definitely link down below. Oh, Sit. cool, yeah. And um, that was directed by Shane and filmed by me and then also uh, with some footage from Brandon Taylor. Uh, yeah, so we just did a music video for Orange Constant. So we're... Um, and, like, I don't think that I've done, a like, a, a concert video with them since, uh, you know, COVID hit, mm -hmm. but... Um, you know, I think we're all still filming stuff in like studios because uh, like bands are recording a lot of stuff right now. Hell yeah. And so if you're doing it all in one take and not mashing together, you know, different um, different takes from, you know, different instruments and stuff like that. If you're recording it all at once, I don't know. Like the is there a technical name for that when they do it all at once in the studio? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm this is not correct, but I just call it doing it live. Doing it live. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you're doing it live in the studio, then like that's a really cool piece of content is to have the video for you playing it live in the studio. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just shows that like, you know, you got it like that. You don't have to, no more takes, you know, you, you get it right. And then, right. Mm -hmm. Dude, speaking of, of doing it live, um, like in, in COVID, like have, has live streaming been something like that you've d had to dive into? Done a couple. Um, yeah. So my buddy, Andrew Riley of Doghouse uh, media, he does, um, He's really big into the live streams and stuff like that, and that's something that we talked about. I think something that we're uh, struggling to figure out right now is how to monetize the live streams in a way that it makes sense for, mm. like, outside of, like, donations, like, how we could start, like, you know, putting up, like, a, like selling tickets to these shows mm -hmm. because, you know, mm -hmm. bands got to eat, you know. So uh, we did a live stream for Space Cadet. Um, I think I have a live stream that I'm doing on August 5th. I need to ask off for work for you that. Do it I just through, remembered. O through OBS? I don't know what we did through. Oh, I'm not no. the switcher, like the person that goes um, and is like, okay, this angle, this angle, this angle. I think they use Sling Studio, cool, whatever that is. Cool. Uh, but um, yeah, I've done a handful of those. But 
I guess I've done, I did a video for Jive Revival, super talented group of guys. They wanted to, we called it the Jive stream. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they wanted to do like an album release show. And so we did like a 70 minute set that I'm really proud of that we did like in a studio, like had some musicians come in and sit in and stuff like that. And so it really felt like a live stream. But the nice thing about doing it, um, not as a live stream is that you, uh, you can do it perfect, you know? Like yeah. I'm able to like spend, I spent, God, how many hours? At least like 20, 30, something like that. I'd have to wow. look at my notes to figure out exactly. But like most of that's just spent like just staring at like, should I cut now? Should I cut now? No. Okay. Get there. Okay. Do the fade. And I like, feel you. I like to do a nice fade when like I'm doing a zoom out on one camera, you know, and then like right as the zoom finishes, then like the fade will finish. Uh -huh. And so doing really precise stuff like that's really nice. But mm -hmm. there's definitely something that's uh, really authentic about like a live stream and they can kind of. You know, artists can go and look and be like, oh, so-and-so said something, like, nice to... Right. And so... Which um, do, you don't see a lot. You don't see enough of it, yeah. I think because a lot of people really are just recording it ahead of time, which mm. I have no... I don't think there's any problem with that because, honestly, a lot of people are going to be watching it after the fact. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's how I like to watch live streams. I'm like, oh, cool, all these live streams are happening this weekend. I will see you on the Twitch replay or <laughs> on YouTube. Right. There's nothing wrong with so that. You, so you were saying, so you have done live streams where you Both, go in yeah. and, and you edit it down and then you broadcast it as a live stream. Absolutely, yeah. That man, like we had a, our friend Cody yeah. on the mandolinist for Airshow and he was, that he was explaining to us that that's how Airshow does their live streams. Man, I think that's sick because like it, anyone that's done a live stream, it's so evident that if you're doing something of substance, um, that shitloads more people will see your live stream video in a span of time than if it was just a video. But like, if you were like, if you were to do an hour long live band show and your following is somewhat decent, you could, you might get a thousand views by the time your concert's over. It is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And if you were to post a video or if you were to just post that as a video, you might still get those numbers, but it would, it would take you maybe, I don't know, a few hours a mm -hmm. day to get there. And I, so I feel that, man. I think part of it has to do with the way that you promote the stream. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you kind of make it seem like a big event, if it's like, yeah, like, we're all going to, you know, do the live stream, then, like, I think that's kind of what's bringing in lots of people. But what you can do, I totally, um, there's definitely a benefit of doing the full live stream, like I was just talking about. But I, uh, I think there's something to be said for filming it ahead of time yeah. and then premiering it. And then when you premiere it, it's kind of like you still have the chat box and then you can still premiere at a certain time and people right. can still, it like still kind of feels like a live stream in those regards. Right. And then that way you can try and get those like, you know, thousand viewers or something like that. Or, um, yeah, I think the last video, like the drive stream video I did, we, uh, we, we filmed it ahead of time mm -hmm. and it's funny cause they're getting all these messages. They're like, yo, like such a crazy live stream. Like the quality's so good. Like I didn't lag it all the whole time. And they're like, well, because you know, we recorded ahead of time. We weren't even like trying to lie. We didn't lie and mm. tell people that this was live. Right. But people just assumed because I don't think most people are thinking about it as much as like yeah, my weird brain that they spends take it all at face value. Yeah. yeah, they take it at you know face value rather than you know people that like pay lots of attention to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they were able to get like near a thousand views. It was something like that. And then they're able. And since you have a high quality video of it with no lag or anything like that, then they're able. I cut it up into the 13 different original songs that they played during their set and then sent them over to them. And then right. that way, then you have that piece of content. Mm -hmm. But uh, kind of to touch on what you are talking about earlier about how important it is to have like live concert recordings. Yeah. I think that that's probably the, like, even if it's just one, 
you want to have one video that you can show to booking agents. Uh, if you're the type of person that plays fraternities and sororities, like, you know, fraternities, sororities, yeah, uh, all of that sort of thing, send it to bands. If you can show people what your actual live show looks like, because recorded stuff is great. Yeah. And obviously you need, like, it's pretty, it's extremely important to have recorded 100% music on Spotify and what have you. But if you have like an actual live fully, if you have a live show, a you, full live show, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. And I think people are a lot more comfortable booking people uh, by doing that. And so I think that I, I like to phrase people buying videos for me and from the rest of the guys I work with is it's something so that you can show people that you actually throw down. Because I know you throw down. But yeah. like, do they know? So, mm-hmm. And so it's you're almost coming at it that from that point is almost like an advertising mm-hmm. point of view. It's everything, you know. It's, yeah. it's engaging with your, your customer or not customer base, your your fan base and making sure that you know they they don't forget who you are it's engaging with booking agents it's engaging with venues it's in and just like showing people that like it, you're you're taking something so like because concerts are beautiful you know like just yeah. the, the fact that everyone can come together and experience that in a shared space and it's just a time where unless you're me or you know a musician that's working it everyone's there for fun Everyone's there by choice. Everyone spent money and took, you know, it's like their night off. And I yeah. like to go out and do that. <clears throat> yeah. And we can take that and we can like make it permanent, you know? Yes. So that you can access that beautiful moment for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Whatever you want. Compress it into five minutes and yeah. there you go. Isn't it crazy how like I, I think about like um, we, we've talked about this, like Fish is a band where like who like they've been putting out these dinner and a movie things. Mm-hmm. Who knows how many of those there are? That's yeah. crazy to think about. Like they, they've been doing it for that long, and because they've been doing it for that long, they're able to sell those things now. In this time of COVID, for they, charity reasons too. For charity which reasons, is awesome. which is fucking even better. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sure in the '90s, fish. I don't. Hell, maybe they were thinking about it. I don't know. They're smart. I. They were because when they were they were intentionally booking. This is in the. Peter Park book, the biography, they were intentionally, they knew they couldn't sell out these big venues, but they still, uh, they were still booking these big venues so that Chris Kuroda himself could get comfortable on a big lighting rig and have that for when they knew they were about to, they knew they just, it was a matter of time mm. between everyone got really into it. You know what I mean? Or the people that got really into it, got into it. And so they just got him ready and nursed that his ability to, you know, put that huge lighting, um, production on in a big venue you know what i mean right on and so uh, yeah I, I do think that they they knew you know what i mean but they might be able to sell those videos i don't know if sell you know what i mean yeah. but i, I think be they valuable. knew their their uh gravity of how big they were gonna be you know what i mean what they meant to people i mean you have fucking thousands of people chasing you around the country that hardly you know what i mean mm-hmm. living off seeing you like you know what i mean i think they understood the gravity of that you know what i mean and not in a selfish way like oh look at us look what we can do but right look Let's be smart about this. Let's catalog this. And they ha- had help from fans with audience recordings. So, right. You know. And like but. Fish is super innovative. And so this might be a bad example, but like to get videos like that, like you had to uh, like videos of the quality, like I'm talking data and a movie quality. Like that 89 video uh, show that we watched, like the really old show kind of, or maybe not that one. That mm-hmm. one was a bit early, but like the one that from, I think it was 96 or something. Okay, we were watching yeah. the other day, which yeah. it looked like, if that video came out now, I would 
I mean, it looks like it was recorded mm-hmm. on a VHS camera, but other than mm-hmm. that, it mm-hmm. looks pretty modern. Yeah. But, like, there's been, like, you can go back and you can find, uh, like, hell, the Ed Sullivan show, man, from the fucking 60s. They've been filming videos mm-hmm. with multiple angles since fucking forever. So, like, it's uh, it's kind of crazy that for a while, like, I guess, going back to Ed Sullivan in the, in the 60s, 50s, whatever, up until... Even the 90s, I would say that, like, to get a video of that quality, like Fish, you would have to be big enough to, do, like, you'd have to be big to be able to get something. You'd have like to get, that. like, a film crew out like there. Put yeah. a b- budget like, out there, like you're saying. You're dropping at budget. least five figures. And it's crazy now, because now the bands, you don't have to have a following at all. Like, you can have, you can do it by yourself, or you can get, you can hire a squad of three or four dudes, and you can get a fire fucking video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And anybody can do it. It's content for days for everybody. It's democratized, <laughs> really. <laughs> it's democratized, and like you know, it's the barrier to entry for doing this sort of stuff is so low, which is makes it amazing. I mean, that's why there's so much great content out on YouTube and on you know Facebook video and all these different platforms. Is because it's just it's a lot easier to do that. So it's if COVID happened ten years ago, even even just ten years. If mm-hmm. it was twenty years, it'd be you know even more so. But uh, they would not be able to pull off all of these live streams and things that they're doing right now to keep people engaged. And it's, I mean, as people that, you know, sit at home and enjoy music, it's pretty sweet to be able to just, you know, throw in a live stream every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and just know that there's great music just waiting for you. Totally. That couldn't happen even 10 years ago. Not at all. So, I mean, obviously everything about COVID sucks, uh, but if you want to look at the silver linings, that's definitely one of them is the fact that we still get to experience live music to some degree. Right. Mm -hmm. It's uh, and like I feel like this might just be me, but I feel like as, as musicians, like sometimes like the whole like uh, I'm trying to word this correctly. I think in any it's it's important to digitize yourself if you're trying to sell things in this day and age. Archive, if you will. Yeah, yeah. be mm-hmm. on the like be like the surf- cloud. Yeah. Yeah, be searchable like some like if you are selling a product it should be online and you should be a presence oh. and shit like that um i'm losing my train of thought damn it it's important <laughs> um but being able to like catalog yourself and being able to like yeah a quick way to access a lot of your material like what you're advertising yourself you're able yes. to access yourself yes and so have that bank of stuff kind of like what we're talking Absolutely. about the fish. Like, they have all these banks of like audio recordings, video recordings, and now they can access those They're banks. Digitize, yeah, yeah di- oh, digitize, totally. yeah, exactly. exactly. What I mean, so. thinking ahead, and yeah. and I feel like even like me, like, and I think a lot of musicians, like, I don't think I like playing tunes. I like jamming out live and like down and dirty. That shit's fun. I don't really, I don't like thinking about like posting on Instagram or like I love the podcast and like and I lo- I love I love promoting Sacred Hollow as well. That's not what I'm saying, but like. It's, uh, it doesn't come naturally to everybody, especially yeah. people who the thing that comes naturally to them is just absolutely melting faces <laughs> on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. And but I think it's an afterthought for a lot of people. But um, totally. And I think COVID has kind of give given the, the music community kind of kick in the ass is like digitize like that. If you want to move forward right now, like live shows aren't happening. Content like digitize yourselves, put your shit out there. Mm-hmm. And like we've, there's been a few live shows that we've been fortunate enough to play. But, uh, I think that's the case for a lot of other bands now. People are up- upping their content quality and making more of it. Well, like going back to the live stream thing, you know, like as a viewer myself, like I will sacrifice the absolute live aspect of it 
for the quality, the top-notch quality, the post-edit video, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I will, because it's still, they're doing it in one take. It's essentially like a live thing. It's just being brought later at a time, you know what I mean? And I yeah. think I would much rather sacrifice the real-time aspect of it for quality and all that. So 100%. You know. And I really don't know, I don't know how most people look at it. I think I'm probably one of the, like, 0.1% of people that looks at these live streams and is thinking to themselves, is this live right now? Is this happening? You know, like we it, started it be to that, now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of growing. I think it's mostly like a people that really care about like, you know, music and then like video and stuff of, of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think that probably for your average viewer, for the people who are like, yeah, I just like music. You know, I love, you know, going to shows and stuff like that. They're like, Oh cool. Live stream. Boom. Click. Yeah. Start. And they're great for, um, like just to talk about boring shit. Like they're great for analytics. Cause when you're on like, back to the lame numbers but like if you post you can get a thousand views and by the end of their by the end of your video if you're posting a live stream and probably all throughout that live stream people are making comments so by the end of the live stream you've got a video on your feed that's got a thousand views and 200 comments that looks good mm-hmm. people will watch that i mean that's a thousand people uh if a thousand people you really got to think about what a thousand people is because we get really desensitized to what a, you know like numbers look like on the internet yeah. and what they actually mean. Like I know that you're showing me your podcast statistics and people are listening to this for like closer to a hundred hours than zero, you know, per month, I think is what we were looking at. Yeah, so, thanks man. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, great work with that, but it's just, it's crazy. Like a thousand people. Let's think about that. That's a sold out Georgia theater show. Yeah. Uh, which is like the big venue in Athens where I was living before this. Like, that's like a, that's like a lot of people and all of them have heard your music and they've, tuned in even if it's just for you know 10 seconds or something like Mm -hmm. that but like they're listening to you and they're like oh like this is that band cool and then so when things i think a lot of people are doing investing in this video content right now and doing live streams because they know that when things get better they're going to be in the forefront of people's minds if they've you know Uh, if they know that they've been able to check in with their fans and be like yo we we still make music we're still we're still crushing it and then when things are done then it's like people are going to want that so bad there's like this fomo of like Oh God, they're playing music, but I wasn't there to see it. Yeah. And then when I think that once things like truly recover, like hopefully we get a vaccine or something like that, people are going to be balling out. They're going to be dropping the their stimmy checks on all <laughs> sorts of concerts. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck up, man. Dude, I'm going to buy tickets to everything. I'm never going to say sorry. I'm too busy. I've work in the morning or anything like that. When people say they have a show, you know, I think it's I it. it's kind of like it's definitely um, it's been. I hope that that's what people take out of all of this is that like we need to prioritize these things that obviously make us all happy. And yes, we don't have excuses to not support these people with everything mm-hmm. that we have. Cheers. Very true. Dude, what do you, uh, what do you think of lock-in of lock-in? Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that uh, like I've seen so many festivals. I follow this uh, Instagram account called festival mm-hmm. where they just like give like festival news um, they'll say like, Oh, like, you know, this festival just announced their lineup. Like this festival just canceled. And there's been so many like posts that they've made where they've said like deep tropics is a festival up here in Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere in Tennessee. Right on. I haven't heard of that one to be honest. Yeah. yeah it's a smaller one. It's a smaller one, but cool. they're saying like, yeah, we're still moving forward. You know, like we're just gonna, we're just gonna go for it. You know, Those like smaller it's smaller ones. Gonna, it, Sorry to interrupt you. Oh yeah. No, you're good. Oh, just a lot of the smaller ones there. Yeah. They have a better chance at being able to pull it off. And they're like, yeah, we're still planning on moving forward. We're going to, you know, have social distancing. We have a big venue. 
And then today they canceled. They say like, oh, if you bought tickets, like, you know, we'll get you for 2021. When was that one supposed to happen? I want to say like in a few weeks, really. Shit. I think they're just trying to wait until the very last minute. I think a lot of festivals, um, I don't have anything to prove this, but I think a lot of (laughs) festivals are saying that they're still going to happen so that people will buy the tickets to them so that they can get their money and then maybe they'll like forget about it so that they can have some cash flow to work with to plan out their next year. Uh, I think that, you know, festivals like lock in if lock in happens and like, I don't think that it's going to be putting, you know, anyone at risk. Like if it doesn't seem like a stupid thing to do and lock ins happening, you can bet your ass. I'm going to be up there in Virginia and I'm going to be there at every set, you know, didn't but they like, announce it? They announced yeah. it, but like, I just don't have confidence. It's in October. I don't have confidence okay. in the way that things are moving that we're, necessarily going to have any sort of large-scale events like that yeah. up until you know we get a vaccine but at the same time lock-in could be prime for you know working like that because so open. it's it's like an i haven't been before but like uh, i know yeah. it's like yeah it's like errington farms and mm-hmm. it's a very if it's got open, farm in the name you're good to go yeah you're it's very open and wide um probably my favorite festival i've ever been to be quite honest with you um but for yeah um if there is any place that it could work it'd be there because it's very open you know what I mean? Um, I that's just a lot of people to put in one area, and when you when you mix alcohol and people together, pe- humans don't really think about what they were thinking. You know, their inhibitions they, go yeah, down. Exactly, yeah. and so I, I just that's like the biggest problem. I think people go into bars and stuff. I was like, you know, like you know, I'll, you know, when I'm not thinking about it, I'm gonna kind of keep my distance. But you know, when uh, start alcohol starts flowing, you know kind of forget about that kind of shit you know and i just Absolutely. i just think that's going to be the problem you know what i mean i know that's kind of micro thing but like i don't know people are going to get fucked up out there still man and, you know? and you're totally right man what um wasn't jacob saying before they left for the beach he he was saying um we were talking about um festivals and he was like man they you can do all of like your your social distancing guidelines guide yeah like all of that and like that's you can walk on this road six feet apart. I haven't really read into the rules that lock-ins enforcing. They're trying to have like so if you can picture because it's two stages, right? And then they like alternate shows. I, forget, I think it's more than two. Um, two and then maybe like a late night or something. Yeah, like they that. have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they're giving people like plots of land mm. so they can post up. Mm-hmm. So now we're encouraging tarpers. So, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like tarps required. You know? Oh god. <laughs> Which like could be kind of dope, honestly. If I could just like put like an easy up and like but like that's accepted like mm. that's what we're supposed to do and mm-hmm. you just like you know hang out out there but like if they had like a, a thing way they like spaced it out and like this is your assigned area but then i feel like people would probably just end up saying screw this i'm just gonna go to the front row and yeah. like it's just so hard like you're saying with like alcohol and like you know people are gonna you're gonna you, pass their joints people are gonna yes, pass joints well. and then other things that they pass as well yeah <laughs> when you're at a music festival what about when you're not at the crowd like half like half the good times you have at a festival or yeah at your campground hanging out and intruding in other people's and, campgrounds yes. <laughs> and then liking you yes. yeah. walking around with a bag of wine and just like saying hi to some random rv party like you can't uh-huh. do that anymore yeah, you know? like, is that cool am i not allowed to share my bag of wine that seems <laughs> is this a crime against humanity and like probably it is like, probably I was at Okeechobee, which was basically the last festival. It's oh, funny because the la- this this past year, absolutely, yeah, cool, that's cool. sick. Oh, yeah, the first one was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, is that in Southern Florida? It is like at the very bottom of Florida. That's fire. But I feel so blessed to have been able to go to Okeechobee and like go to the last music festival. Basically, like when we went in, COVID was like some random like news headline. But then when we left, it was like 
yo, don't come to, don't come back to class for two weeks and like, you know, mm-hmm. everything's shutting down. But uh, when I was in Okeechobee, uh, kind of to illustrate the point of how people don't care about social distancing. I mean, there wasn't any social distancing stuff yeah, when yeah. that happened, but I was walking out of the venue and there's just this dude with his hand up and he was high-fiving people. But like, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't high-five you. That's kind of gross. And so I was like, yo, you know, like, haha, COVID, because it was like a joke back then. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so, but now like, you know, here we are. But he said, you're number 89. Uh. And I still think about that man. Like to this day, I was like, you, you are like the definition of having COVID. Yeah. Like there's you're no way that man. Not. Absolutely. And I'm sure he kept going. There's no way oh, he stopped yeah, 400. Definitely. No, definitely. he probably went for closer to two if I had to, oh, if yeah. I was a betting man. Yeah. That's dude. That's, that thought like that i think the same thing i agree with you but that it like wh- when was okeechobee january or february it was march oh march 4th through 7th mm. even march dude i don't know if i would if i would be like like if i like if i if i got the high-fiving guy people do that bonnaroo too like i wouldn't now fuck yeah i'd be thinking the same thing but i would not be thinking like that guy's sick he's he's high five 89 people <laughs> yeah i would have been like where that guy's showing love Good yeah, I'm him. just like, it's just another random whoop, like, you know, having <laughs> yeah. a good time. And, yeah. like, I support that. I'm like, you know what? Like, we need more of that energy uh, in life. And now I'm like, I would be like, where's your glove? Or where's like, your glove? <laughs> you dirty fucking whoop. You sanitizing <laughs> after each one? Because, you know. Oh, my God. I mean, I, that's a thing that I, I was thinking about with Bonnaroo, because that's the whole thing. For those that don't know or haven't been to Bonnaroo, first of all, you should probably go to Bonnaroo. But, uh, <laughs> Bonnaroo is a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. Definitely one of my favorites. But uh, there's High Five Friday. And it's just a thing where you walk in line and you just high five like you know hundreds of people, and that's kind of gross if you think about it. It like, gives me not anxiety. Even, I'll just be honest. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, I would usually do it, but then COVID. I would. I would, you know do a little hand sanitizer afterwards because like, but it's it's part of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like deeply ingrained in the culture for nearly two decades, uh, and like I don't really like. Are we not allowed to high five people anymore? You know, like probably. You know, up until you know if like the, if they get a vaccine, you know that really works and is effective enough that we feel comfortable high-fiving people because damn dude i want to high-five some strangers That's i want to like, hug people. some strangers i love hugging yeah, people dude. which is probably just as gross honestly. do you know what i hope honestly gets bigger or like people are already doing it um what? the drive-in shows man oh yeah that'd be mm-hmm. cool. that sounds sick dude i would do that regardless of covid that sounds fun yeah, people i went to a drive-in front. movie theater on Hell friday yeah. night yeah oh really that's uh-huh. cool oh that's old school man yeah right that's cool. super dope i'm sure they're thriving right now. oh yeah hell yeah dude what if in that church parking lot across the street we just made our own projector. Y'all have played at a church before, so I mean... We have. <laughs> you played at a church before? <laughs> we played at a church. We played a Christmas service. <laughs> Wait, Why is that funny? Because of the I shit last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were talking to Alex. He's like, yeah, make sure y'all cut some of that stuff out. Well, but candid, bro. Candid. <laughs> so was it a standard set from you? Or what you were doing? It like, wasn't a standard set. We learned a bunch of Christmas. Amazing Grace, oh, cool. like... Like jingle, bluegrass cover, jingle bells, like a couple of Jesus songs. It was good. It was a it was a very nice church. I like playing there a lot. They were super nice to us. You should do that. Uh, like if you know all the songs and you think that you could you know brush up on them and then be able to play it pretty quick. I would love to see like a two set show from you guys where you do one that's just like Christmas covers and then one that's just like standard. We that got would you. Be cool, That'd actually. be awesome. Y'all could grass up some stuff. Maybe a, a Christmas live stream coming up. Ooh. Summertime it, Christmas live stream. I'll be on, I'll be <laughs> on my way. Christmas in July. Yes. <laughs> That'd be crazy, you know. Be cool. I love a good theme set, you know. Oh, I think that yeah. uh, lots of bands do a really good job with that. String Cheese um, always is a, th- a theme set at Halloween. That's amazing. Pigeons playing ping pong, they're always got something cooking. We filmed um, 
they did a dead hot chili peppers. Oh, that's so cool. And so it was, uh, that was an ATL actually. Yeah, yeah. It was right after Fish Halloween because I remember yes. I flew into ATL after Fish Halloween and that was going on. Did you go to that? No, I didn't get. Oh, okay. dude, I just got back from Vegas. Yeah, I was, yeah, like, <laughs> I was so I don't have money for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that but, that also yeah, that was hurt. Grateful Dead covers, Red Hot Chili Pepper covers, and stuff like that. I think that it's really cool, especially if you you know in the jam scene and just like you know the the hardcore music scene in general. I think that people end up seeing their favorite bands like you know ridiculous amount of times mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. like uh but and then if you see like a cool themed set from them then all of a sudden it just makes it all fresh again you're like i can't believe i'm listening to you know string cheese do california love by tupac like it's it's crazy that's so. cool you should me a California fish, love fish. fish did a California love. I'm guessing string cheese probably copied their, their uh, swag this, on that one. Then I don't know because it's. I mean, dude, fish and cheese have such different styles that like absolutely. That I mean, they could interpret it totally different ways. You know what I mean? Like it was very when they uh, when fish does it, like Paige gets super synthy on it, like. No, oh, nice. Sorry, it's probably not a good one. But we made too many mouth noises on this episode yeah. with Van Halen and me with fish. We got to get our soundboard working oh, so we can actually make our sounds. That would be sweet. <laughs> get a sound effect board where it's like, uh uh, and like flush noises. This and stuff. thing's got it built into yeah. it. We just got, really? we just got yeah. to program the uh, the things. Yeah, this this is sick. We It's sold, I think, as a podcast board, but it's got six sound pads on it. Uh-huh. So we got to get some, some boings and I some. You could use that for so many different things. Like I could use that to record shows with. Hell yeah! Honestly. This is what so. we used for the show last night. Yeah, I so. might have to look into getting something like that because you know, like I was saying, audio is super important. And absolutely, typically I'm just like, all right, cool, multi-track, boom, call the day. That would be. I mean, if you pull up to a shoot with that, people are going to take you serious. Absolutely. <laughs> you got your own soundboard. That's the first thing I told Will because they posted a video of, they did a video at Parrish's house where they right. did like an edited and the sound, that was like the first thing I said. I was like, dude, I was like, this sounds great. I was like, what did y'all do? And he was like, direct, didn't y'all just directly plug it into there? And Same get, thing we do with the podcast. Yeah. Straight up. Zoom audio. Practical. Durable. Affordable. Get it. Get it. Please sponsor us, Zoom. That would be so cool. Give us free <laughs> shit, please. I'll throw away my task cam, I promise. It's yes. trash. I also have a task cam, and I also don't like it. I would rather have a Zoom. Very, I do not like my task cam very it's, much. It feels so plastic-y. I feel like that's a lot of it. It's just, it feels like a toy, but it was cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't know so, anything about task cam, but true. I agree with you guys. Fuck task cam. Fuck task cam. Uh, Zoom, not a fan Zoom is cam. awesome. Tra- they call them trash cams. Trash cams. Do they really? Yeah. I, on they the Zoom. Uh, taper section, I forget what it is. It's like this taper uh, blog website and they trash task cam hard hardcore Damn. <laughs> trash it or at least there's a there's a couple like blog entries where they're like going in on them so well, for what i do i either plug it straight into the soundboard sort of thing if you're like you know actually taping things in a field you know with that then it might be different but i mean inputs an input as long as the preamps are good mm-hmm. then an inputs an input or you know have like a even like an external input, if I'm using like a shotgun mic or something like that for more narrative work, then at that point, I mean, if it records it, it records it. That's pretty much how I view it. So mm-hmm. like, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with Tascam, but like I would rather have Zoom. Yeah. It's probably, it's kind of like, you know, PC versus Mac or like, you know, Android, iPhone. Like, Might not know how to use it cr- like as well as some yeah, other people like do. They're, they're pretty much equally as like competent. Yeah. I've you know. just had, that one's been so easy and that's where I've been like, cause Zoom and Tascam, I would say they're kind of like neck and are pretty yeah, I would agree similar in value mm-hmm. or whatever. But I just that thing's so user friendly, man. It is. It's, it's awesome. Really really good uh really good product. The Zoom Live Track L eight. I'm gonna talk to you about that after the podcast, but we do not need to get that nerdy. 
<laughs> not no, we, we get that nerdy. <laughs> we do for not. The average listener, that's. I like. We like audio, and we like video. Uh, <laughs> I have a quick question. So, when did you? Uh, when did you? We haven't even touched on this yet. But uh, when did you start Dapper Raps? And like, what uh, made you want to start that exactly? I uh, so. Because that was we're talking about cool. Bonnaroo. We were talking mm-hmm. about Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo 2016. Uh, I don't know if you guys went that year, but it was stupid hot. That was the year that Dead & Company and like Pearl Jam and LC Sound mm. System headlined. That's my uh, favorite Bonnaroo I've been to. Really? That was my first one. Favorite Bonnaroo. Did the Chili Peppers play at that one as that well? That was 17. Okay, that was 17, bad. yeah. They would definitely get a mention if... Uh, I think... Uh, dude, I think they did. That was 2017. The year with Dead & Co? It was, it was Pearl Jam... LC yeah. Sound System and Dead and Company was the headliners in 16. Mm. And then it was Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Weeknd, and U2. You're right. With Chance the Rapper in slot uh, number four. Gotcha. Right but anyways. <laughs> You're right. I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like studying it's these lineups. So it makes me happy. Uh, but anyways, uh, so in 2016, it was super hot. As it always is a Bonner, but it was super hot. Mm. And what happened was my buddy John was going around selling prints of his artwork. Uh, John Kalk? John Kalk, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Shout it's out John. John. Shout out John. <laughs> he knows. Um, and so he uh, he's the artwork on the first towel. But what happened was we had this like one cooling towel that uh, my friend Will, who's going to be on the next podcast here, um, his mom bought us like one or two of them for our like our campsite. And we were all sharing them. And sharing is honestly a very generous way to put it. We were fighting over them. We were, <laughs> we were totally fighting over these towels. And we uh, they were keeping us alive. It was so hot. And we could not muster up the energy to leave the easy ups and canopies that we had at our campsites until the night went down. And so we were missing all these shows. Like I'd be looking at my watch and be like, okay, well, I guess like, you know, that ship sailed on that one. You just could not go out, but yeah. these towels would give you the ability to do it. And so like if someone went to the bathroom, by the time you came back, someone would have and be like, you're not getting this back. <laughs> and so I realized that these companies are creating these towels and it's made out of this like really special material that made it super effective at cooling things down, which is uh, called PVA. Mm. Um, and I was like, why, is this like this thing exists? I saw a bunch of people using them. No one's making one for people that go to music festivals. No one's meeting this need that's obviously here. And like, why don't we just do it, but then make it cooler? Mm-hmm. And so what I did, I was like, Hey John, can I get some of your artwork? And he's like, Yeah, sure. And so I, I um, you know, worked out a deal with him so I could get his artwork. And then I found the one supplier in the whole world. I'm convinced because I've talked to over 50 different you know, manufacturers for like these types of cooling towels mm-hmm. that was able to make it happen. And so we got these towels printed and basically they, they're like extra thick and they're like a good shape for putting on your neck. But what makes us different is that we put like heady artwork on it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then nice. sell it to people and then meet them where they're at. Because if you're at a music festival and it's like, Hey, you want to try this towel? You throw it on. Boom. You're like, you don't want to take it off. <laughs> you really don't. There's like, I can tell people all about it. But you just have to put it on, mm-hmm. and then that's the whole pitch. Like that's so it's a direct correlation when I vend festivals between how many people I can get to touch the towel and how many I sell. That's right pretty on. cool, actually. So like, that's the whole strategy is just touch it. That's awesome. And so that started Bonner in 2016. I I uh, have a tendency to be like, is this something that can actually happen? You know, and then I, I just started researching it, and then I'll, next thing you know, I'm spending pretty much my life savings at that point to get these towels made, and then. I had no business plan. I didn't know how I was going to sell it, but I just knew that it was such a perfect product that would just fit so well that there's no way that it wouldn't sell. And so I only had blue ones of one design to start out with, and now I have blue, uh, pink, yellow, and green. 
Um, I like to call them flavors, though. Don't eat them. That's a <laughs> <laughs> no, do not sue us. Uh, but we have blueberry, we have strawberry lemonade, banana, and avocado. That's awesome. Yeah, but they all just smell like you know plastic. <laughs> no. but, so that that happened in 2016, and ever since then, you know, I've been scaling it up. And then I started an earplug company in early 2019 because I wanted to sell earplugs, but all these companies were trying to, you know, charge me way too much. And I was like, screw you, I'll just go straight to the factory. And so I started an earplug company that. Um, and like they're like high fidelity, so they're good for concerts and, uh, but like don't like screw the sound quality up too much. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. So I have a question. Have you ever had a problem with? Uh, you're how old are you? You're twenty two. Twenty two. Have you ever had anyone? So you're you're a little bit younger. Um, have you ever had any an issue with anyone taking you like in a, like a business situation or anything like that? Like when you're, because of your. I know obviously you market more to people our age. Yeah. So you might not have to deal with that. But have you ever had to deal with like someone, you know? Not really. No, I'd, uh, you know, I honestly, everyone's been super kind and mm-hmm. open arms. Like if you got the money to buy a booth and if you have the proper insurance and all that sort of stuff, then you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one questions it. No, because That's like, good. well, like, you know, when I have a booth, I also think I look like just at least a few years older than like, you know, typically like, you know, 22 or something like that. Right, so I think I that might that. also help. Um, but I mean, when you're working with primarily music festival demographic, you couldn't yeah. find a customer base that is more accepting and open mm-hmm. and willing to like support small businesses and stuff like that. So honestly, it's just been amazing. Like every single one of our customers has been fantastic and like, I'm so thankful for all of them and they've just been awesome. That's awesome. And like, no one's, no one's a jerk. Everyone's super cool. And people, it's really nice because the way that the, the company worked um, is that people would buy the towels and they dunk them. We'd always have ice water mm-hmm. that we sanitize. But right. we'd always have ice water, and then people would come back and dunk it, like, throughout, like, the weekend, like, maybe once or twice a day, because it typically lasts, like, it'll probably cool you down for anywhere between, like, four to, like, six hours or something like that, depending on, like, the heat and the humidity and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I get to see people throughout the weekend, and I'd be like, yo, what's up? Like, how's it going, Daniel? Like, what's up, Kevin? And they'd be like, yo, did you see that set last night? And because once it's nighttime, it's not that hot anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go out and I I party with the rest of them. Right on. And nice. so it's like I don't miss anything. And then I, you know I wake up and then I sell towels when it's hot, when the sun's up. But like no one really is in the campsites shopping for cooling towels when it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and I get to go see music. That's awesome. That is sweet. So uh, what's do you have like a a number of units sold that you can share with us? Sure. Um, I've sold about I want to say like twelve hundred towels. Fuck yeah, man. And then nice. earplugs, I've sold like, I want to say like 250 sets, right something on. like that. So, I mean, it's modest compared to what I'm sure a lot of companies are pushing, but also like, that's also probably more than I anticipated that's when I amazing. You know, started yeah. the whole thing. Because like, if you think about it, that's that's 1,200 people that are out there wearing my friend's art. Absolutely. That's 1,200 people that I've either had the privilege of being able to meet and sell them the towel or someone that logged onto my website and then put in their credit card info and then bought it. Or it's someone that like I sold towels to and then they got to sell the towel to them. Speaking of website, what is your website called? It's dapperraps.com. Right on. Yeah, we can link that guy down below. We'll, we'll link it. Dude, and you seem like such a personal, like, easy guy, like, from talking to you yesterday during the show and stuff. You're so personal and easy to talk to. I bet you, like, you seem like you would like to do that, actually, too. It's not, it I almost seems people. it wouldn't be a job for you. I, like, I don't know. The people are what make it the most, yeah. like, fun. And when I've ended festivals and I get to usually bring a friend along and, like, you know, 
it's cool if you can sell stuff, but like really, I just want someone that's going to be fun to see shows with, you know, yeah, like at, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, and, um, but yeah, I, I love dealing with the people because like you just get so many characters at music festivals, mm-hmm. you know, you get so many whack jobs and just like funny people. And like, sometimes you'll start to talk to people cause I have a blow up couch. That's like a corner couch in my booth and it's a, it's a sweet setup, but like, so people will just come in there and hang out and like chill out. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you get to talk to them and there's just people from all walks of life people like moms someone said that excuse me um someone said that they this is like the first festival i've ended at we had not sold a ton of units at that point and someone's like someone actually bought me this exact towel with this design on it because i have lyme disease and she like i guess she gets hot flashes and so she had the towel for that wow yeah and people like so it's not even just young people. Yeah. She was probably at least like 40 or 50 or something and like she, that. She bought it. She her already- friend bought it for her. So I'm guessing it was like, you know, someone that goes to like music festivals that like found it online yeah. through those channels that we promoted in and then bought her the towel. And she's like, I have one of these at home in the package. I'm like, that's ridiculous. That that's so someone awesome. with Lyme disease. And like, I don't know what all these people are using the towels for, but I like, I think of everyone as just like, you know, being at festivals and having fun, but like yeah. people are mowing their lawns. You know, yeah. like I um I genuinely gotta, making someone's life better. At least a little bit more comfortable. Or what I like to the way I like to phrase it is just that if um if it helps you get to just one more daytime show at a festival, mm-hmm. then you know, it's already kind of paid. Well that for goes itself. back to totally. your real reason for making it. You got tired of missing Right? Yeah. So that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's just Bonnaroo. Well, so what distinguishes your earplug company? Do you guys put any designs on that or anything like that, or is it just <sighs> I wish I had my uh, my keychain with me because I could, you know, pull it out. But you wouldn't even really be able to see it like uh-huh. that. But um, what distinguishes them is their high fidelity. So like, I'm sure you guys have nice earplugs that you use for concerts. I meant to I bring need some. To. No, I meant to bring some up for you guys, but I totally forgot. I'll I'll ship some up for. I need right some. on. We'll we'll uh, we'll send you some stuff as well. Yeah, because I was stickers. Uh, I was like thing. thinking yeah, about that, and like I love going and seeing music, and I would say one of my most valuable possessions. I know that's weird. Is my ears and my eardrums? Yeah. You know, like I want to be able to see music my whole life. And absolutely, that's just until recently, I've thought of like kind of thought into that and been like maybe because i go when i go to shows i like to be close you know what i mean of course yeah i like to get my face melted you know so. you got to be around people that are getting into it as much as you because like we've all been in a show where you really want to see that artist but then you're in the back to the point where everyone's just kind of like sitting there and like hitting their jewels and like playing their phones and stuff like that and it's like i can't i need to be where people Up are having there. fun I, or they're having fun <laughs> absolutely <laughs> where cheryl is <laughs> yeah dude. oh my that's, that's, we gotta talk about cheryl crow dude cheryl, 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 cheryl crow is the best but uh <laughs> let, let let me just answer your question then we can talk about whatever yeah. but uh so what makes my earplugs different is that there's a they come with two different sizes mm-hmm. or i guess let's talk about what the earplugs aren't so when you, you've used the crappy foam earplugs yeah. before right so you shove them in your ear. They don't really feel right. They just clog your ear in terms of like blocking out noise. That's the only way that they actually uh, reduce like the hearing damage. And they tend to fall out. And then you end up just throwing them away, and they end up in the ocean so that some fish can eat it and then die. No. Mm. Not not the best, you know. I mean, it's better than nothing. But so what makes mine different is uh, obviously they're reusable, so you're not going to end up throwing them away. Uh, they actually fit in your ear, kind of like a nice like you know earbud. Um, they have like a silicone uh, casing and there's two different sizes for it. So you can find the one that fits your ear properly. And then there's a 21 decibel sound filter that like you can look at and you can actually see the actual filter in it. And you put that in the size that you're choosing to use. Mm. And then so it blocks out more of just like the, the high, like the, not the high range in terms of like hertz, but like just the really loud music. Like I could put it in 
and still just be having a conversation with you. But then if you're at a show and it's just boom, and there's just so much bass, you're going to be fine or like you're going to be fine for longer. Uh-huh. Like you're, uh, you won't have your ears ring, you know, the morning after you wake up after the show yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And so it's just, it's, uh, it's just a much better earplug experience. And they're $20 when you compare that to, you know, other companies that have a very similar, um, you know, sort of offering. Sometimes you're looking at like $35, $40. And so really what the whole reason that I started the earplug company was I was selling these towels at festivals, but that I wanted to like buy earplugs too. Cause I want like my, my booth to be like kind of like the self, preservation booth you know mm-hmm. we're like we're taking care of our bodies we're having fun but like we're we're treating ourselves with that level of respect and so earplugs are a natural extension of that mm-hmm. but they're all trying to screw me on prices so i was like i'm just gonna do it like i'm just gonna do it myself and mm-hmm. then I, it was originally just gonna be like something i sold to booth but then people loved them and then nice. so that's actually like probably half of the revenue that i make now it's pretty sweet right on man that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. um well Y'all, we've, we've hit about an hour 15. Oh, my God. Wow. I went by. <laughs> I went by like that. I, I wasn't even aware. Also, probably. by the way, I just want to say, like, I respect you a lot for venturing out and starting your own company. Like, that is a really hard thing. that I've seen people do it and fail, but it, it's still just so awesome. Not saying you're going to – I'm just saying. Like, oh, it's cool. But it's, I mean, I fail constantly, uh, so. But we should all fail. I mean, and it's, you're going to fail even more in life, and that's just bound to happen. But I just – that respect for going after something you want, like – it's so awesome. I like it so much. I appreciate that, yeah, Drew. And, so. uh, you know, I I, pre- like, I really want to be on this podcast because I just see you guys, like, just going for it. Like, in the same kind of manner, you know, there's there's like there's type A and Cheers. there's type B people in this world. You either talk to this guy. He's, he helped me. Yeah. Man, it's been – it. we, we've both been working really hard at it. It's been a solid team effort. Yeah. Only one way to do it is just to dive in head first. And so I really love what you've done with it. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And then one day when, you know – you got your millions of views on your, <laughs> on your podcast. I'll be like, yeah, I was on number 10, whatever. Fuck yeah. I just think it's awesome that you guys got to come like this weekend too. Like y'all didn't just get to have to come was, for a yeah, podcast. I thought it was a weekend, dude. <laughs> yeah, y'all got the to weekend. The weekend. Oh, I thought man. I was going to be pulling up to like a wedding or something because he said it was going to be like a private show. And so I was like, okay. And we, like Will and I pulled up and like there's this moment where we were like, I uh, is this what are we about to get ourselves into we don't know any of these people should we just turn around should we just go get food somewhere like you know, sit in the car and like watch netflix or something like that but that was it was such a cool thing to see yesterday just a super chill environment you know people laying on tapestries and stuff thank you for you know putting me up and of course man giving me a towel so i could shower this morning so i don't look too crusty oh, we're Maybe. sorry i can't really see the screen so i might be crusty but we'll <laughs> you look great jason yeah. oh, oh thank you <laughs> yeah, dude, we had a bunch of people in this house, in this house earlier man. Oh, man it's all serene now and like about an, two hours ago it was yeah. hustle and bustle people yeah, absolutely getting their stuff together for the beach and everything and probably 15 people were here last night like <laughs> six, six foot distance yeah every six, <laughs> six feet foot. apart cdc uh, do not be listening absolutely yeah. well y'all with that um Drew, do you have any closing announcements yeah, for us? Yeah, if you guys, uh, we first of all, we appreciate all the support and the likes and subscribes if y'all are doing that, and all the uh, feedback we've been getting, getting on Facebook. We appreciate all that and other social media platforms as well. If you guys could please go to our uh, our Music City Podcast page on YouTube, actually, and like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to us, and we'd really appreciate that. And also, we uh, make segments of this hour-long content for you guys, and we put it on our MCP Clips channel, which is also on YouTube, so if y'all want to not watch an hour-long video and just, you know, watch segments of what we really thought was really important or interesting during the talk. Uh, 
we clip those out and have it on those pages. So if you want to go find that, please do. Um, other than that, uh, thanks to Crosstown Brewery again, and uh, that's about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me.